Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 84. Our business is not really a job. It's not a career. It's really a lifestyle. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I have joining us Derek Filkey of Northwoods Cheese. Derek is the president and majority owner of Northwoods Cheese Company, which was started by Randy Krause, Henry Zwicky, and Derek almost 15 years ago. Their mission is twofold, to provide superior products and excellent service and customer satisfaction. One way they accomplish this is by partnering with Greenco Industries in Monroe, Wisconsin. This allows them to provide meaningful employment opportunities to people with disabilities. Northwoods Cheese also offers a full range of products beyond their wide variety of cheeses. To be selected as one of their manufacturers, they must share the same business philosophy. They need to deliver the highest quality of materials, flavor, and packaging. Their newest venture company is Milk Truck Cheese Company, which provides the turkey brand of food products. The first product offering under this brand contains aged cheddar cheese, bacon, and a hint of jalapeno pepper flavor. Oh my gosh, does that sound yummy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Derek. Hey, thank you, Sue. That was a great introduction. I appreciate it. I love introducing you because I've also tried your cheeses and they are delicious. And of course, I used you back when I had the gift basket business back Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. We've, e- we've known each other a long time, definitely. A long time. I think like we may even pass a decade at this point. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, as I, as I get older and older, I think it the time frame shortened, so I think we've only known each other a week. Okay, <laughs> no, I'll, go with, I'll <laughs> go with it. I'll go with that. Well, I'd like to start off the podcast by having people get to know you in a little bit of a different way, and that is by having you describe your ideal motivational candle. It kind of gives a different view of who you are. So if you were to tell us your motivational candle, what color would it be, and what would be the quote on the candle? Oh, sure. It's going to be a hard answer. You're asking for the color, but actually I'm picturing uh, this company I met these three ladies at uh, Carlos Creek Winery at the Grape Stomp that they have every year. They're called Candle Lady Candles, and they make candles that are very different and unique, and they put wine bottle labels on them. And so to name a specific color, I can't, but to tell you about their business, they're kind of uh, motivational to me. Just great ladies, great people, hardworking and fun to be around. And so it's not really color, but it's just a, a grouping of candles. Well, that they we can have. just go with wine as the theme, the candle there you theme. Go. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That sounds good. That sounds perfect. And, you know, if I was going to put a quote on that candle, and of course they put wine themes on their candles, but mine would be have fun every day of your life, work at what you love, and have God show you the way to be a better person and get to your goals. It's a long quote, but... It's perfect, though. And it sounds so simple, but in reality, it's really hard to do. I agree with you. But when you surround yourself with positive people and people that are energetic, and as you mentioned, we work with people with disabilities, they're always positive, even though they may have 
limitations in their abilities, they sure don't in their um, seeking out good things in life. So anyways, that's what motivates me. (laughs) They're a good role model for us all, I think. Absolutely. So Derek, I want to go back to how Northwoods Cheese formed 15 years ago. Give us a little feel as to how the three of you came together and how the business developed. Well, what we basically were thinking of doing, two of us happened to be working for one of our current competitors in a basic way. We were working for this company, and what we didn't like about what they were doing was they were very strict and stringent on what they did. So meaning like if you place an order with them, you had to wait five days before they'd ship it out, and you had to adhere to all of these different things that to us just seemed restrictive of building business and growing a relationship together. Because really, when you look at it, we're in a people business and you have to treat people right and you have to do things that are positive. So anyways, that was our thought was, is that we just don't really like what they're doing. So I wonder if we could do it ourselves. I'm not naming this business, but they were in the process, although they didn't let their employees or people know, they're in the process of selling this business and we were looking at buying a piece of it. So as time went on and things um, progressed, they decided that they didn't want to sell the business to us. And they decided that they no longer wanted us to work there. So basically they fired us and we were left to start anew. And what we wanted to do in starting this business, uh, you know, as we're on the street trying to figure out, we're at a McDonald's trying to figure out what are we going to do next? We basically took what we felt was the right way to run a business and the right way to treat customers. And we basically said, we're going to start a company. The short and long of it is it took us a lot longer than we thought to do it, to start it from scratch. But we ran into Henry Zwicky, who we had known for a number of years, and we happened to see him out in Las Vegas. And he uh, listened to our story, and he listened to what we were looking at doing and what we thought about. And he goes, I like the idea. He goes, I'll give you some money. And that's how we started the company, although... At that point, we weren't anything. We wanted to do cheese manufacturing, and that was our main focus. So as we started, you know, as we had this nucleus together to put together a business, we started calling on customers. And one of the things that we ran into was we would call on people, and they would say, yeah, we like what you're doing, and that's cool, but we want you to make gifts. And we're like, no, 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 we don't want to make any gifts. We're we're just going to do cheese. That's what we want to do. Were they meaning gifts with cheese in them? Yeah, absolutely. Like gifts with cheese and sausage in it. Things that, because we were kind of calling on some of our old customers, people that we knew, or they had contacted us and they said, come and see us. We want to see what you're doing. So you're right. It was gifts. And so we said, well, no, no, no. But at this one particular account, it happened to be in Chicago. They said, you're going to do gifts for us. You, You don't have a choice. And we said, great. We said, when do you need them? And they said, well, we would like, and this is 4.30 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And they said, well, we would like to have those gifts here tomorrow at 8 a.m. to show, and then we'll tell you what we think. And we're like, great. No way. Oh, now, yeah. wait. Now, yeah, yeah. had you even been producing cheese yet? I mean, were you even no. manufacturing yet? No. So you, this was just pen and pen and paper at this point, and all of a sudden you have a big order. Well, potentially, yeah. They, they yeah, wanted, that's due the next day. Oh, at 8 a.m., yeah. Oh, so so it, we got on the parking lot, started calling everybody that we possibly knew, and we were able to secure some samples of cheese and some sausage and some crackers. And we actually contacted a group, which was in Toma, Wisconsin, that was called Handy Shop Industries, and it was a sheltered workshop is what they call them. And they're basically, they employ people with disabilities. And 
when we got in contact with them, they said, well, yeah, we can make cutting boards and we can put together gifts and we can make crates and we can do a whole bunch of things, like even engraving if you wanted. And we said, great, we're going to be there at like nine o'clock at night and we got to work through the night to put this together because we got to be to Chicago at 8 a.m. in the morning. And they said, not a problem. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. So we got a whole bunch of people together and created 10 gifts. We were a little late getting down to the meeting the next day. We didn't count on traffic. We're not as familiar with uh, traffic in Chicago, but we were a half hour late, which wasn't bad. Went to the customer and said, this is what we have. This is our story. Basically just told them everything, maybe a couple more details. And they said, great, we'll take them. And we're like, well, what do you mean you'll take them? And they're like, we love the story. We love the idea. We love what you're doing. And we'll take all of them. And we said, yeah, but you always beat us up on pricing and, and this and that. And and they said, no, we're taking it as is. Price as is, no problem at all. And they were our first customer. Were they doing that because they wanted to support you and your growth, you think? I, I think they liked us. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I think they liked us as people. They liked what we were doing as far as our idea. And uh, they, they, they liked that we jumped through hoops to get it there for them. I mean, it showed that we cared about them as a customer and as people. Anyways, they were our first customer. And we had to work on figuring out how to do the rest of the stuff. But we had a number of months to go, so we were fine. I want to stop you here because there's a couple oh, sure. of things I want to highlight for our listeners. The yes. first thing is a lot of you guys I know are still working a full-time job and possibly you're doing your hobby on the side or you're building up your hobby into a business on the side. And, you know, so many people talk about escaping your nine to five, and, you know, all of that for a business. But I think Derek here has mentioned a couple of things that are interesting for you to compare with your situation right now. When he was working for that other company, number one, he's getting an experience in an industry. So he's learning all of the behind the scene things of what it takes to manufacture a product, be it cheese or whatever. And then he was also seeing what they were doing I don't know, dare I say wrong, or how he could improve it. So there was a lot of knowledge that you also can pick up based on a situation you might currently be in. So reflect on that for yourself in terms of where you are right now and can any of that be transferred over into what you're trying to create. And Sue, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was going to just yeah. say also that, you know, in the niche industry that we're working in, I've worked for all of my competitors over the years. And I've always said this, that I've had the best teachers in the world and the worst teachers in the world. And what I mean by that is that all of the ones that were terrible on whatever, and they tried, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying they were terrible. I watched what they did and they thought in my mind, I'm going to do exactly opposite what they're doing. And then I also had great teachers and I would take the things that they taught me and showed me and combine that together to form who I was and what my thoughts were and what my philosophy was. I'm not saying, you know, we, we could always do better and we always be better and all of that, but my parents were both teachers. So I've had good teachers in my life. I'll just put it that way. So and then the only other thing I was going to say too, as, as you were talking, I was thinking of this, it's like, you know, I know what it's like to have another job and, and, and uh, be working that while you're trying to get into a career with something else, like starting a business of some kind. When you were saying that, the first thing that popped into my mind was what we do or like our business is not really a job. It's not a career. It's really a lifestyle. And you kind of get absorbed into it because that's 
who you are. That's your identity. So I, I just wanted to add that because it just seemed to fit. <laughs> yeah, no, well said. Because when you are doing something that is your own, you can't help it integrate it into your whole life. I mean, you can say, you know, you're going to have personal time and you're going to have business time. But let's face it, when you're a business owner, there's always a portion of your mind. I mean, you might be in the moment in personal events, but if something triggers a thought for business, your business is always there. It's always an underlying current, no matter what. Absolutely. And if that's not something that you want to do or enjoy or be a part of, it's, it's probably not the best thing for you to start your own business. I mean, even if you go on vacation, <laughs> I always case or look at the places that have gifts in it because that's the industry I sell to. I go to the grocery store and I look at packaging designs and, and this and that, and you go, well, you're just picking up milk and eggs. You know, what excitement can you find there? But there's always some discoveries happening anywhere you go. And so it's pretty much, a, except for, for when you're sleeping, 24-7 job in a way or a career or lifestyle. I totally agree with you on that. The other thing I want to point out about your story so far, because there's a lot more to go here, Derek, but is opportunity knocked for you and then also the company that you, what was the name of the company again, where you drove and they oh, helped handy, all, handy Shop Industries. Handy Shop Industries. Okay, so yes. Derek being in, I mean, so easily, it could have been an obvious thing for them to say, you know what, we're not quite set up yet, but I'm so glad you're interested. We'll be back to you. Did they do that? No. They no. took the opportunity because they saw a sale. They saw a way to get jump started right away, mm -hmm. even though you guys had to be shaking in your boots, like, how the heck are we going to pull this off? But they took that challenge. And then what did they do? They called this other company, and that company also took the challenge because right away they had to get in gear and perform and make this happen. So again, challenges when they come up, don't be so quick to say no or to put it off because it might be your one big opportunity. We always say, you know, when people say, can you do that? We always say yes. And then sometimes it's a dumb thing to say, but most of the time you figure out a way to do it and make it work for everyone. So people sometimes will timidly ask me, well, can you do that? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what we're in the business to do is find solutions and answers for people. I mean, yeah, we're in the gift business and we're in the cheese business and we sell sausage and this and that, but we're really a solution company. We're selling a product, but we're not, we're really selling solutions. So, And what are the solutions? What, are, what oh. solutions are you selling? Just give us, by example, so that everyone understands, what do you mean by that? Most of the calls I get, especially this time of the year, now we're talking November 1st, uh, everybody forgets that Christmas comes on December 25th. It doesn't change. It's always there. A lot of the calls that we get are for emergencies. Everything's an emergency this time of the year. We always say that, uh, in slow times of the year, we deal in hours and, and we de deal in days. Now we deal in seconds. And so when someone contacts us, they get a problem usually. And so we find a solution for them, which is, well, guess what? You know, I know somebody that's right next door to you in the same town that's got product. They want to get rid of it. They come on over. They'll take, they'll, they'll give it or not give it to you, but sell it to you. Uh, you know, I can ship that out today. I can, uh, even though you're looking for a gift that we don't currently make, we can design one for you, you know, things like that. That's what I'm saying by solutions. And if we have the philosophy if you need something the next day, Sue, I mean, just I'm talking to you because you're with, you know, within a driving distance. I mean, if we really need to, we'll drive it there and get it to you. Oh, you should not have said that. <laughs> yeah, no, I figured that. Yeah, I'll probably be in trouble. But in all seriousness, because of 
again, we're in the people business too. I mean, it's a relationship we've built over the years. You wouldn't take advantage of me and do it every time, but if you need it, you need it. So obviously that calls critical and we would take care of it for you. That's kind of how we are. Well, and I can say that when I was using your product in my gift baskets, I would call you and you would do everything you could to get it out that night. You know, yes, so that I try. have it the next day. Absolutely. So what you speak is what you do. I can try say to. I can for say the that most that's part. For sure. Now, are you a hundred percent wholesale, or do you have individual consumers coming to your site and purchasing as well? We do have people at uh, probably our retail business, if you want to call it that. Retail part of our business is maybe ten percent to fifteen percent. Most everything is wholesale. Although we do have. I didn't even mention this product, but we also sell a fat-free cheese that's called Lifetime Cheese. That's an excellent product, tastes great. We're mainly a company because of how we're set up. We fulfill orders for individual people throughout the United States. Those orders are smaller, but they're kind of neat because, again, as we mentioned, we're employing people with disabilities, so they can pull those orders, put them together, and ship them out. They do a great job doing those things, where it's uh, sixes, threes, 10s, 12s, you know, Mm -hmm. pulling those orders together. Mm -hmm. So, All right. Now, you've already mentioned in the development of the business and how you started to grow some of the challenges. Is there something else that you encountered as you were growing the business that was a real challenge for you? Yeah, I think I want to point out two things. One was our first year that we were open for business. We did everything as a salesperson we thought was right. And we, we did a great job. We were really excited. We um, came to our accountant at the end of the year and who said, hey, guess what? We made money this year. And he goes, no, 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 no. You don't want to make money your first year. You don't want to make money your second year. You don't want to make money your third year. Then you can start doing it. And we're like looking at each other like, what are you talking about? And I think many of our listeners are saying the same thing. What? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, why? You know, because I want to make millions of dollars the first year. And he said, no, it's just... You just want to, you know, you know, you have to take advantage. I mean, you bought all of this product, you bought all of these labels and this and that. There's things that you need to, to write off. And, you know, I don't know the accounting end of it because I'm just a sales guy. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, he said, yeah, that's what you want to do. So we're like, hmm, okay, well, let's go into year two. So we went into year two and that was my first problem. Here's my second problem. My second year now i'm free with my money i'm like oh yeah i want to lose money this year that's what Uh the accountant said let's go for it yeah yeah so whether it was right advice or not from our accountant doesn't matter we're into year two and we had some issues so here's the main issue this is the main thing i wanted to tell you about is that you know for instance sue you would call me and you'd say yeah you know i'm thinking of making some gifts this year i'm like oh okay what cheese are you gonna use and you said i'm gonna use roasted garlic well then i just make a batch of ro- roasted garlic for you and then the next person would call and they'd say yeah i'm thinking about doing this thinking about doing this all of a sudden we're taking everything that everybody's thinking about and we're making against those things and we're putting things together and at the end of the year we're like why do we have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff that we didn't sell and we're going to have to throw away because it has a short shelf life. Because your product is perishable. Yes, and I should mention this, that some of the things weren't perishable, like certain boxes, and they do have a life and labels and some crates and a whole bunch of stuff. Well, let's put it this way. We've been in business 15 years. I still have some of that stuff from 14 years ago. Oh my gosh, and then it's a storage issue. It's taking up space. 
it's taking up space. It's, uh, you know, it would be nice money that I could put in, you know, my pocket and those types of things. Maybe so you I, should I, sell I, some of that on eBay or something. Get rid of it. We tried to do that, but, uh, you know, we bought a lot of stuff. I mean, you can buy a container of this and a container of that, and all of a sudden it, it adds up really quickly. So there's one of my problems <laughs> that okay, I so had Okay, so let overcome. me ask you this. So the fir- a couple of questions on the first year. Okay, so the first yes. year, he was saying that because then you had a, you owed a lot in taxes because your company was profitable right from the start. Correct, yes, yes. Okay. And, and there was things that we could have done differently. You know, again, that's more of a issue that I don't know anything about. Yeah, exactly. I, I you know, we made money. Wasn't a lot of money, but it was money. <laughs> right. Okay. So good point in terms of staying close with your bookkeeper or your tax accountants or whoever to plan your path before it actually happens versus afterwards. I guess that may be a learning. Now, question for you. You were still pulling a salary. From, for, from, from the business? Yeah. Yes, we were. So making too much money or not making enough money doesn't mean you're not getting paid. But that was the point I wanted to try and get to. Correct. That's part of the cost of the business. Even if you are a single person, solo entrepreneur, if, if you will, making your product, your salary is part of the business finances. So Correct. when Derek says making money or losing money, that doesn't mean they're not getting paid. No, no, I, I'm sorry. I should have been clear No, no, on no. That, I just but... wanted to point that out to everybody just to make sure we're all together on this. Yeah. And Sue, I think what it was is, and again, we're, we're just talking like, couple thousand dollars that we made a profit. Well, what we could have done differently because it's an LLC, so it's a pass-through. I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm just telling you what I thought. We could have paid ourselves $1,000 extra each or $500 each, and we would have been taxed not as a business, which I believe is 50%, but we could have been taxed on our individuals because we're still receiving an income. We have to pay taxes on that. Does that make sense? Is that a little bit clear? Right. It's just where the numbers fall and how they're all accounted for. So you could have done business exactly the same way. And just by the actions that you took, your end result would have looked better for year one. So I love that you brought this up because it's not something that we've talked about yet on a podcast. And I think it's really important to understand that. And again, the whole idea is figure that out beforehand or keep someone who's financially savvy looking at the numbers so that they can catch you before you do that. I had a similar situation in that when for the ribbon print company, when I stocked up on all this ribbon, Mm -hmm. we all of a sudden were sitting on a ton of inventory because we have to. I mean, we had to stock up, have things in all sizes, have lots of it. Sure. And I got hit the same way, not understanding the implications. Now, I still had to stock up, but could I have done it differently? Could I have maybe purchased some in one calendar year and some in another calendar year? Didn't even cross my mind. Exactly. And I think, you know, when someone's starting a business, and if we're talking that way, I might be great at designing things. That's fantastic. But you also need to have somebody that's great at selling the things. And then in addition to that, you have to have somebody that's great at either managing inventory or doing the accounting or some control of what's going on in the business. And if you don't have those elements, even though you might have the best design in the world, you're not going to succeed. And if you don't have all of those elements together, and maybe you're lucky and you are one of those kinds of people, and I know some of those people, you know, you got to have all of that together. Otherwise, like 
we were just sales guys. We didn't know what's going on. You know, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Well, and I could see some people saying, yeah, well, that's fine, but I don't have any money to be hiring people. I'm just getting started. One way to overcome that situation is do some bartering. If you're part of a chamber or you have friends who provide those services, and maybe you make candles, maybe you do a trade, you know, I'll give you some candles that you can use for a holiday gift. Can you take a look at my numbers? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that type of thing. So it doesn't always have to be hard dollars transitioning back and forth. Well, I even think what you're doing here with the podcasts, I mean, that's providing information to people. There's Google. There's a whole bunch of different things that can allow you to fine-tune what you're thinking. Sure. What types of things have you seen really help move the needle in terms of bringing in sales? I was thinking when we started, you know, again, it was a slow movement type thing. We did one thing that really helped us a lot and it took a little bit of time but we did this um outdoor festival i can tell you what it is and everything it's it's called warren's cranberry festival and at the time when we started it they had maybe and i'm gonna have these numbers wrong so don't quote me on any of this but you know thirty-five thousand people show up at this event outdoor event and we thought well why don't we do this cheese this cranberry cheese We, we can put cranberries in cheese that should be pretty good and so we went to the festival all excited and everything and uh well it snowed and it rained and we were in a bad location and we sold and and we were happy with this we sold 700 dollars worth we thought that was great right so the next year we signed up again well they had a little bit more people coming to this we were in a better spot and we ran out of cheese in the first three hours because we thought we'll just double but we had more made so we ran not far away to get more and it was a very successful event the second year and what came of it is it was an exposure for us to a different type of market so people were like well i like your cheese but i see you make gifts because you have this website and i want to order gifts for my business oh yeah okay that sounds great i mean i'm joking here when i say it but you know we're really just cheese that's really what we are (laughs) and they said no no you're gonna make gifts and we're like cool okay so of course you are derek you're from wisconsin (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) So, um, you know, and then by the third year and the fourth year, I mean, it it just exponentially increased in size for us as far as the volume and they grew as far as a a festival and we branched out and did another festival and then uh, that was in Eagle River and then we did another one in um, Minnesota and what what I guess what I'm saying is is that we just went to this festival because we thought it'd be fun just to hang out and see if we can sell some cheese, but now our cranberry cheeses are number one best-selling cheese. And it's not because of the business that we're doing at the festival, which is substantial. It's good, but it's a unique, interesting product that has a year-round use. I mean, it it sells a lot for Valentine's Day. It sells a lot for Thanksgiving and Christmas and really any time of the year. And uh, we wouldn't have done it if Joe from Handy Shop Industries said, yeah, we're going to be in the parade at this festival. You guys should bring some cheese there. (laughs) So anyways. You had your eyes and ears open. That goes to the point of you're always living in your business, the business lifestyle, I think. Yeah. The other thing is when we are so close to our business, we think that everybody knows everything we do. Oh, true. And you said something really potent. You know, the festivals are great because they give exposure to different sides of your business. The whole gift thing that really you were just there to sell the cranberry cheese. If people knew of Northwood's cheese, I'm sure they would come up your, to your table, if nothing else but to get samples. Oh, yeah. It's so yummy. Thank you. But then they see the cranberry cheese, and then they see all these gifts. That sparks an idea, and 
what a successful situation, right? Right. Then people buy for their business, and then you just keep doing more of what works, meaning going to the festivals. Well, we brought our catalog, and then by accident, we had some gifts like the second year. We just, somebody put them on there. We, they sold out, and we're like, oh, maybe we should bring some gifts the next time. People are asking about gifts. And you're saying, like, sometimes you think you know your business really well, and, and you think everybody knows about what you do. At least in the last year, the most common question that everybody's been asking me or saying is, I can't believe it. Oh, you guys do engraving of those cutting boards? And we're like, well, yeah, didn't you know that? So we're doing a lot of engraving work this year too, which is kind of neat. Interesting. Yeah. So Yeah, of logos. Yeah. So make sure you're talking. If you're in networking meetings or anywhere, gift biz listeners, make sure you're talking up other parts of your business that you might not have talked about. Seems so obvious to you, but not necessarily to everybody else. Absolutely. So let's talk. I know that your values, one of your big values is customer service. That's really important both on the way you do business and then anyone that you bring in as a manufacturer for you. That whole business philosophy is really important to you. Yes. What types of things do you do to make sure that customers really know you value their business? Um, well, now everybody's going to know my trick and, and I've told people, people know this <laughs> and I talk about it, but I use a program called ACT. It's A-C-T with an exclamation point. I believe it's by Intuit, but it's a customer database management type program. The short version of what it is, and I can go in more details if you want, but basically way back when I started with ACT, like ACT 1, and now it's 18.1 or something like that. I don't know what the number is. But anyway, what it does is you basically put the people's name and their phone numbers and emails. And each time you contact them by email or calling or talking to them on the phone, I put notes at this ACT program. And so, for instance, say if you called me on the phone, we have caller ID, so it has a phone number on there. And you'll notice that I never answer on the first ring. You'll find that about me. It's usually on the third ring because I have to type in the phone number. Now, a lot of people have anonymous or it's blanked or it's you can't tell what the number is. So once I answer the phone, then I'm also, you know, they'll say, uh, hi, this is um, Sue from Ribbon Print. Okay, so I'm going to type in Sue or I'm going to type in Ribbon. And when I type that into this program, it'll pull it up. So say if it's Sue's, there might be a hundred Sue's, okay? But I can narrow down that list to maybe five or six because you have a Midwestern accent. You don't have a Southern accent. You know what I'm saying? I can narrow it down and pretty much pick out who it is. And the reason I'm telling you all this detail, this is what I'm doing when that phone call comes in. And my notes, if I do a good job keeping notes, I can say things like, oh, yeah, it's so good to talk to you. And they said, oh, yeah, you remember me? I said, yeah, we talked. And because it's right in front of me. Uh, yeah, we talked in uh, March, and you had said that your uh, daughter was having a baby. Well, does she have a boy or a girl? And it just adds a little personal touch to it. And, and, and maybe it sounds like I'm manipulating the situation or whatever, but I really care about the customers, and so it's important to me that I have that information in front of me. So that, that's one of the things that I do. Well, and I think by nature of even putting it in there, it helps you to remember it anyway. Yes. So that's kind of your backup. And let's face it, as we all get older and when you grow and have a lot of customers, it's unrealistic that you would even be able to remember all of that at some point. True. And I usually can remember people by their voice, not their name. It's the weirdest thing. So their voice usually sets me going on who it might be. And what also is important is, I mean, we're not perfect, so we make mistakes, we make errors, we do things wrong. And I have a good note system in here. So like, for instance, if I sent an order to the wrong address before, I don't know, I'm making things up here, but 
you know, I can say... Because you've never done that, Dave. Uh, yeah, I've done it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, not today, though. <laughs> but, uh, All right, good. But, um, you know, I can say, uh, you know, Alice or, or Mary or whatever, I'm saying we shipped the wrong address or something. I just want to make sure that I verify where I'm shipping to this time so I don't make that error. And people seem to appreciate that, that you make sure or care that you're trying to do things right. Because that's what, in the end of the day, that's, you know, it's that's what you want to do. You want to do things right. Right. And I think if people really see that you're making an effort and something does go wrong, they're much more forgiving. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing I was going to say is um, this, and it might sound a little weird, but I always say that, yeah, I'm just really more lazy. I don't, it's, it's so hard to fix uh, error than it is to do it right the first time. So I say I'm lazy. I want to do it right the first time. That's what I say. I love that. That's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Works for me. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not lazy, by the way, but that's that's my how I say it. So. No, I know you're not. You're out and about at shows all the time, trying and to. you're talking with customers all the time. That I know. Trying to. So. So, Derek, we're going to move now into our reflection section, okay. getting to know a little bit more about you as a person and things that have helped you to be successful. If there's one trait that you say you'd call upon regularly that's just an innate quality of yours, what would that be? Well, you know, I just said I was lazy, so that's not it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Good. No, no, it's absolutely not. I got to say it this way. My father is somebody that I really is, aspire to be like. And my dad is very hardworking and very dedicated to what he does. And he is a person that's now retired. So he's only working five days a week. This I'm telling you exactly what he says. Now he's only working five days a week. And uh, I can't tell you his age, but he's. if you met him, you'd say there's no way he's the age that he is. And he doesn't even know how old he is, by the way. But I think that the trait of being very hardworking, never giving up, and never taking another i could tell this about my dad my dad only missed two days of work in his entire life and it was he missed one day because his mom died and one day because his father died that's i don't know if that's a trait but hopefully i'm encapsulating ideally what i would like to be like or that's a trait that i show the whole idea of being hardworking, dedicated to your business and loving what you do allows you to do both of those things if you love what you're doing you want to be hardworking because you like being there. Well, absolutely. And I should say it this way also, with a few exceptions, I've had bad days, maybe like three of them in my life. But for the most part, I've never really worked a day in my life. It's just fun. Um, you know, people spend time fishing, hunting, playing tennis, golfing, whatever. To me, that's like work because, you know, some of those I love to do, of course. But, you know, there's still kind of work because you have to work on them. Well, if I love what I do in my business and my job and how I'm meeting people and talking to people... That's fun. You know, that's that's fun. So I was, like I said, uh, maybe three days I worked in my entire life. And, and that's because uh, they were not so good at days. <laughs> but that, yeah. that happens. Well, we're going to have them. And if you can count them on a hand, you're pretty lucky. Yeah. Maybe two hands. Yeah, maybe two hands. Two. <laughs> <laughs> so you've already talked about ACT a little bit. Is there another tool that you use to keep productive or is ACT the one? ACT is pretty much, you know, I, I, I've talked about it in training classes, you know, for seminars that I've gone to. I may be not the best person to talk about it because I know it so well. I live it. I use it every single day. But I guess I really have to say whether it's ACT or it's another database manager or I mean I know there's other tools that are out there that people can use. I think what you're saying is some type of a client contact manager 
being able to be closer to your customers and providing them the service that they need and making them feel special because you recall conversations that you've had in the past. All of that. And that's all important for me in my life as things get busier this time of the year. Like I said, we work now in seconds, not minutes or hours or days. If I don't keep track of everything, I'll start to forget things. I mean, we work with about 4,000 different customers. I just want to make sure that I have the right stuff (laughs) or the right right information. So. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right. Is there a book that you've read lately that you think our listeners could find value in? I met a really nice lady a number of years ago, and she told me, hey, you got to start reading the Bible. So I started reading it, and you know, I don't want to get into that part, but you know, I started reading it, and I, I almost got through it, but I, what I found... Like, like start to finish? Yeah, yeah, start to finish. Old Testament, and that, that was hard reading. New Testament was good. There's parts and pieces in there that I tried to incorporate in my life, and I'm surprised at how many people I run into that our followers and way stronger faith than I, I don't, you know, my faith is very small compared to some people's. And it's interesting. You build a relationship with people of faith. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I should, maybe this isn't a per- perfect thing to talk about in this podcast, but I just thought I'd mention it. It is because it's anything about you. You know, everyone comes from different places and is um, attracted to different things. So that's perfect. Okay. And gift biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible, so you can get an audiobook if you haven't already for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, Derek, now I want to invite you to dare to dream. Okay. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Well, most people would say that if I was trying to pick the perfect thing to dream about, it would be a lot of candy. <laughs> um, <don't, laughs> Wait, why not cheese? <laughs> yeah, no, don't What's laugh. up with that? I like, can- <laughs> I like candy. Um, um, so, But that's not what's in this box, so thank you very much for presenting it to me. You know, I, yeah, and you'd think maybe the Cubs would win the World Series would be in there. That would be you know high on the list. But uh, Final game tonight. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I, but I, <laughs> I'll keep, I'm going to keep this in if they win. You know? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> you know, I, I guess what I would really like in that box is a real clear, it would tell me what my purpose is in life. You'd say, well, I don't get what you're saying, so let me expound on it a little bit. What I believe my purpose in life is, is to touch the lives of every person in the entire world and do something for them or with them that makes their life better. So I don't know if I'm if, if that makes any sense to you at all, but I'm hopeful that this box that you're presenting me with would tell me what my purpose is in life. And that purpose would be what I just explained. What do you think about that? I think you're already doing it and you don't even know it. That's what I think. <laughs> you just want you just want confirmation that you're doing what you should be doing. I think so. Yeah. 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 And I don't think that's a selfish thing. I think it's... Um, uh, do you? Th- I don't know. I was I was trying nope, to figure. No, it's not at all. It, I'm running it through it's... my mind when I'm saying this, and I'm like, oh, does that sound selfish? I, I don't mean it to be, but uh, wouldn't that be no, kind of? No, because if it was, if, if your answer was to come back and it was different than what you were already doing, you would probably pivot. So if you go along with the idea that 
you're seeking out to ensure that you're doing what you should be doing, then if you aren't, you're probably going to get some messages. I would think so. And, and switch it up. I would think so. That's, my, that's what I think. Yeah. No, I think you're right on that path. Yeah. I think you're right there. And you know me well enough. That's how I roll, if that makes sense. And that's kind of how I am. And maybe other people would say, oh, yeah, I would like to have this, this, and that, whatever. You know, I think that stuff just comes to you naturally as you do what's right, if that makes sense. Yep, I agree with you. Okay, so Derek, how would it be best if our listeners wanted to know more about Northwoods Cheese? What's the single best location for them to reach out to you or your business? We do have a new website. It's www.northwoods, with an S, northwoodscheese.com. Clean and simple and to the point. I think so. All right, Gift Biz listeners, as you know, there is a show notes page that connects up with this episode. So if you also want to see what's up with Derek on social media sites, you'll be able to get all of that information over on the show notes page. Derek, thank you so much. I really appreciate your being willing to come on the podcast. You've shared such great information. Well, thank you, so. And you've been talking about how you want to touch lives and make people's lives better. And honestly, a lot of the information that you've shared today about your experiences and your advice, I know is going to do just that. May your candle always burn bright. Thank you, Sue. I appreciate it. And thank you for the honor and privilege to be on your show. Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know your setup for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting Gift Biz Quiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.